Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. <laughs> You're on the crazy train. Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. Welcome. Good morning. This is the Cutting Edge Outdoors. Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for uh, tuning in this early on this uh, Saturday morning, 6 o'clock. Uh, look on the bright side. Uh, if you're getting up right now, you didn't have to do like us and get up like, uh, well, what time did you get up today, Sam, or producer? What, 4? Yeah, I, I usually get up like around uh, 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. That's about when I got up. I got to start drinking some coffee, you know, first thing, because you got to get, there's certain things you got to take care of before you walk out the door. Yeah. Most guys know what I'm talking about there. Bushy, you need to get a bird dog because you'll be up at this time every morning. Oh, maybe. This time of year. Maybe. Which reminds me, later on in today's show, I will be talking about some, uh, you know, being as I'm going to be retiring soon, uh, I thought to myself, you know, maybe, maybe retiring, maybe it's time that I, that I, that I got to get somebody or something. So I was thinking of either getting a wife or a dog. But uh, most people I've been talking to have been <laughs> leaning towards the dog. So uh, yeah. I'll be uh, giving you guys a few reasons later in the day why that might be the best route to go. Um, but anyway, uh, we've got my friend Jim Komar. That's, uh, that's who you heard talking there a few seconds ago. Tom is not with us today. So we've got special guest host Jim Komar. So thanks for coming in this morning, Jim. Anytime. And uh, many, many years ago, Jim was in here. In fact, I remember when our old friend John Lehman was in the hospital one time. Uh, you he, came in with me. It still gives me the goosebumps to hear his voice on some of the promo stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, uh, it's like he's still in the room. It's, it's good, yes. And uh, so we're going to be talking a lot of hunting, some fishing. Uh, we'll be making some phone calls today, uh, trying to get some, some reports uh, but uh, first report that I want to get this morning, Jim, is uh, you've been up northern Wisconsin grouse hunting this fall, correct? The grouse capital of the world, up in Price County, so, Sawyer County, Rusk. So grouse, you know, there's been a lot. There's been a lot in the news. Every time I pick up a uh, newspaper or outdoor magazine, seems to me I'm hearing something about grouse. Now, one of them is the uh, what is it? The uh, is it the Nile what disease or whatever? Uh, West that, Nile virus. Okay, saw a little bit about that. Yes. So has, I mean, has it really affected our grouse hunting in northern Wisconsin? What, I mean... Not that in particular. The one, the snippet study that I had read in one of the local periodicals there was that uh, 
they didn't seem to. It seems that those birds, those game birds, are actually fighting through it. Okay. Uh, and they're, you know, there's more scientific uh, language for what I'm going to say, but right. uh, it doesn't but seem to be bothering them. A lot of big words them, that we right? can't spell. Right. Um, yeah, so I, I had heard that you know, like 30% of them were affected or, or something, but uh, so you're saying that grouse hunting, good grouse hunting in northern Wisconsin can still be had? It's still solid, and uh, I think uh, obviously it goes, uh, we get a little bit biased because we're in such a, well, that's why they call it the grouse capital of the world. So where, where exactly? Um, in, uh, Price County. Park Falls is the grouse capital of the world, and uh, people come from all over the country to bird hunt there. And uh, sometimes we forget uh, that we have that right in our own backyard in Wisconsin. Uh, so, But it's the perfect, uh, it's the perfect um, habitat for grouse and woodcock. It's, uh, um, the, the forests are managed properly by state and private landowners. Uh, you have many different years of logging in the area, so they have a lot of food, water, everything they need to have uh, uh, to just maintain a good population of birds. You get to some of the other stretches of the state that are maybe more popular for people to go to because of amenities, but the uh, uh, the forests that these grouse need to to maintain numbers aren't managed as well. So you're saying that because I don't, you know, I don't really know. I've never really been. My dad grew up on the farm. Hunting grouse. In fact, he's. We've got an old black and white picture of him when he came back from Korea. He was in the army as a medic, and there's a picture of him holding five grouse by the farm that he went out by himself, no dog, with the shotgun and got back in the day. But you're saying that the best habitat for grouse and birds is areas that are getting cutting and logging and, and so forth, rather it, than just a big forest. Right. The, the to have the cover and the food available. You know, you generally we're looking at probably about five to five to eight year growth. Uh, so something that's been logged five to eight years ago, that's finally the slashings are finally starting to come up. It can be some of the tougher walking to get through, which right. is why a lot of a lot of people don't uh, don't like to hunt it. I think, but uh, that's that's really what they need to start seeing uh, to have, you know, those populations of birds maintain uh, what we at least are used to is having, you know, good twenty, thirty flush days, forty flush days. So. I was reading uh, online that there's zone A and a zone B. Now, zone B for grouse closes December 8th. Apparently, zone A was supposed to go to the 31st, and they've just announced that it's going to close, I mean, of January. So even zone A is going to close a little bit earlier on January 5th this year. And uh, um, quite honestly, I haven't looked at that closing date because by that time we usually have so much snow up in the Northwoods, that it's uh, short hunts, if there are any, and uh, getting to those birds is uh, is pretty tough. So which, uh, which zone are you guys in? Zone A. That's zone A. It's the main the main zone, uh, the one, the grouse zone that everybody flocks to, uh, is, you know, northern Wisconsin. I think, that, I believe that line runs about Highway 10, if I remember correctly. Um, now, could a guy, I was talking about my dad years ago without a dog, I mean, can a guy go up there and walk some logging roads and flush some grouse? Abs- or is- absolutely, and a lot of people still do it. And um, uh, there's just something special. Even I do it. Um, uh, Greta, my my pointer, doesn't like it much, but every once in a while I'll leave her back and just uh, just like when I was a teenager and learned how to do it, um, I'll just take the, take a walk and take the twenty gauge and just walk the logging roads by myself in the mornings and. Um, still flush those grouse, just stalking through the woods, and there's just something special about that bird uh, scaring you 
<laughs> oh, they do scare <laughs> out you. Of, out of nowhere, right behind you because you walked right past it. Um, uh, that makes for it's makes you know, for years, a special bird or two for dinner. Years years ago, my dad uh, was bear hunting with his friend Ellsworth, and that was back when with the with your rifle or bowl license, you could shoot a bear, and it was just included. Right, and you could shoot an incidental bear if you lucked into one during you know gun season. But uh, they actually were baiting for bear up near Mountain, Wisconsin. And uh, sure enough, um, my dad walked back to, uh, to, towards the, they were camping. He's walking down the trail and he looks and they had had, had some apples out or something. And he had a bear looking, facing at him about 75 yards away. So he just put the crosshairs on the, on the head of the bear and shot. Well, he wounded it. And had a good blood trail. Didn't know where he hit it. So his friend Ellsworth was kind of like a half, half Indian guy, to be honest with you. This guy was like, back, you know, he was living in the woods, back country, and he's going through with his thirty thirty old lever action. He thought a thirty oh six was too powerful. You don't need that. And uh, he said he's going through this swamp, following a blood trail, and a grouse went up in front of him. <laughs> he said, "Oh my lord." Almost died of a heart attack mm-hmm. right there, because there you are, expe- you know, expecting on a wounded bear. On a wounded bear, yeah, in a swamp. Grouse will will surprise you, and but it, it, so walking. Here's the other thing I wonder about grouse, Jim. How come they're so wily? Where you know you're 30 yards away from them and they're flush and ahead of you, and sometimes you'll see one standing alongside a logging road like a chicken just standing there with timber you, chickens. Like yeah. when you walk right, I've had them, like I'd walk right up to them and they just, what is the deal? I, I, I liken that to, and after having chased these birds now uh, quite a while and, and having been involved in guiding them and stuff up there, that uh, um, it's, it's a lot like fish um, in that there's just days when they're going where you can throw anything in the water and that, that muskie's going to bite. It doesn't matter what color it doesn't matter how fancy your lure is, it's going to eat it. And uh, it's the same thing with those grouse. Uh, there are days when uh, I just, when I was just up uh, this last week, um, you know, my dog pinned a bird down and that bird started running like a pheasant. And it, it took her in circles and circles and we could see the bird in far enough in front of her and we just let her stay on it. And uh, that bird gave her the shake and 10 feet behind her, she just got messed up, it outsmarted her and went up right behind her. So it doubled back. It doubled back on the dog. Like a pheasant it in a cornfield. It's like a pheasant in a cornfield, and those grouse well, can do the grouse, same thing. I mean, pheasants can run pretty quick. I've seen them, you know, in full full sprint. How how fast does oh, a they'll, grouse they'll, move? They'll run real quick, just they got like that. kind of short little legs. Oh, they can move, and they're that's you're in their living room, so they, can, they know how to get around real quick. Um, they figure they have fox and bobcats and... Uh, coyotes and wolves chasing them all the time so uh for them to outwit a dog a, a domestic hunting dog uh, i don't think is too much for them so let's let's talk dogs now for a little bit now you've got what kind of dog german short hair okay so it's a pointer it is does okay you got you dog guys <clears throat> maybe i'll know when i get a dog when i retire unless i you know get a wife one or the other can't have both so your dog be too much work um so some guys get flushers, some get pointers, and it seems like there there's different camps as far as who. I mean, do guys use they use the flushers for the grouse too, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Some of the best dogs I've hunted over have been uh, have been flushers, You're talking Labradors, mostly grouses. labs, 
mostly labs. Um, I think the biggest difference with uh, that you see in the dogs is that uh, if you're going to hunt a flusher, it has to stay real close because you're in that timber. And uh, um, whereas I think you can get away with a little bit more um, when you're pheasant hunting because most of it's field hunting. Right. And so uh, you can you can allow you can allow your lab or your other flushing breed to to roam a little bit farther than you normally would on pheasants. In yeah, because it's woods, open. Because it, it's open. If they flush one that's maybe thirty yards away, you can still get it. But in in the grouse woods, thirty yards away is gone. You might You'll as never well never see the bird. Right. At, at right. certain times of year. Right. Um, even now, with the leaves all the way down up there, um, a thirty yard shot might be. It's quite the poke. So, um, what's nice about the pointing dogs, even though that they even though they run big, generally. Um, if they're trained up well and, and they're working well that day, that's the other trick. Right. And they're not in a mood. You know, you get something to send a setter or a, or a pointer out a uh, hundred yards and they'll hold that point And then, uh, you can work your way to them and you might bust a bird or two in between that. Um, and, uh, um, until those birds start running, of course. And that's where the flushers, you know, you're following that flusher around versus when you're hunting with a pointer or setter, you're sending those dogs out to find that to find that game, they're going to set up on it or point that game, and you're going to go to them and hunt them. So, so, so my other question, too, with hunting with the dogs is once this, we were talking about late season, and you mentioned, well, come January, we're kind of wrapping it up anyway. Um, is it a situation then where do, do they have a hard time finding them in the snow, or is it that the snow is just deep where it makes it hard for a dog to work? It's... It, the dog has to be able to get through the snow, and so do we, you know. So well, you're uh, not getting any younger either. Well, none of us are, and um, kind of got short uh, legs and, too. And uh, well, when you're none in, of us are exactly when, when you're six five. Yeah, when your inseam is shorter than your waistline. Sam's kind of uh, lucky. You're kind of a tall guy over there. Huh? Yeah, six two, six three ish. Yeah, why? Well, Just a measly six two. Six I was <laughs> I was cheated on that. <laughs> so yeah, but, so, uh, so yeah, the, so so when you get that deep snow, the other thing is the birds will they actually will bury in the under the snow. You know, you get a foot of snow or two feet. They'll be buried at the base of trees, and that's where they'll, that, almost like a little igloo. They'll stay I've, warm down in there. And I've actually come upon, in deep yeah. snow, up on my palatial estate up in Douglas County, deep snow where I'd be walking there snowshoe hunting in the middle of winter. Snowshoe rabbit hunting. Boy, I wish they, I wish the snowshoes would come back so I could, you know, get into that again. Um, but anyway, you'll come on. It's really cool. You come on to a spot in a deep snowdrift where there's a hole, and then you see wing marks on the side of the hole in the snow. Yep. And what that was, Sam, Sam's looking at us because we're teaching him about hunting I and fishing no here. I have about any of this. Yeah. Okay. So this is all new to me. So it's really cool. It's where a, a grouse was hunkered down in the snow, and the snow kind of just comes over them, and then when they go blasting out of there, they leave a hole, and you can see where their wings whack the top of the snow as they achieved yep. liftoff. Yep. And, uh, and trying to, you know, they're not leaving all that scent. They're not, uh, they're not leaving all that scent on the ground. So sometimes it's difficult for the dogs to necessarily track. Now, if the dog runs over that pile, they're going to point it. They're going to set it. They're going to dig down and flush it. But you have to get to that point. Gotcha. All right. Well, we got to run to break. Um, cutting edge out there, 799-1250. If you got a hunting or fishing report, uh, you know, you got some problems you want it. We, you know, we're counselors. We'll take care of anything here. Give us a call.
Welcome back to Skipper Bud's Cutting Edge Outdoors. We want to thank all our listeners out there. We want we always mention law enforcement, Jim. We we support the badge. Uh, we have uh, first responders, military. We appreciate appreciate what you do for our country, keeping us safe. And we know we got a lot of you out there listening, so thank you. Uh, also, we got to give a shout out, Jim. This morning, when we left, which quick trip was that? The one on Pewaukee Road by the Waukesha Courthouse. Okay, there we go. I know many of our listeners have been in that courthouse. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, some of them because I've driven them there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, we went in there, and uh, Jim's in front of me, and. We go to get our morning coffee there, Sam, and I look at Jim, and he's standing dumbfounded, staring. Perplexed. At a coffee machine. He was befuddled. He was, yes, perplexed, dumbfounded. What? It just, it was a wall of hullabaloo that I will never understand. They put a new coffee machine into the quick trip there, which apparently it's probably coming to a quick trip near you, which it's it's not just hit the button and pour, it's like all digital now. This you need to have a pilot's license, like those to like soda this. machines that they have now in restaurants, where it's like touchscreen and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god. So yes. so there was a nice girl there named Jordan. I think her name was. Yes, she, I believe so. She came over, and she, you know she taught Jim how to do it, and I as a keen observer yeah. i went to the next machine and figured it out and oh so. that's how we're going to tell this story this is right up there with when you uh when i missed your fish with the net oh i can't believe you even brought that oh, up i will bring that <laughs> last up year I when I was, you we were out on the lake lake michigan last year i had a beautiful brown trout on and well jim had to go stab See, it never stab it a fish with the net if a person tells See, a lie long enough they believe so what it's happened true. sam is when you have a fish on, right, the yeah. guy gets it close to the boat, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you don't want the guy with the net getting crazy or anything, right? Yeah. You just Getting caught up in it. And right, you, yeah. ju- you just relax and wait for the guy who's got the fish on to li- steer the fish head first into the net, and then... The net man should be the calm one. Right. <laughs> We've you had, th- you, you would don't, think. That's supposed to be how it goes. You don't yeah. want to just go d- diving over the side of the boat, reaching out as far as you can, and try and stab at the fish... Like Jim here did, and he's not the tallest guy in the world either. He didn't have long arms to get over the, uh, get out towards it, and he knocked the fish right off. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't believe it. So for a week leading up to you announcing that to all of Cutting Edge Outdoors land, um, all I heard was, "Now Jim, don't talk about that fish. Don't talk about that fish. I want to talk about it on the radio show. I just, uh, I don't want everyone hearing the story." I threw him under the bus on that. And one. And then I, I. I show up at the musky shop, and everyone's like, heard you dumped a fish on Campton Nan. Way to go. Thought Mr. Netman always talking about the net guys. Come on, man. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. what? That's why he didn't want me to talk about it. He was going to put this on me. It was the good captain himself who uh, got a little antsy-pantsy in the back of the boat. You know, the, the worst, one of the, one of the worst best net jobs I ever did years ago, we were fishing, remember... The Namakagan uh, WMT Championship. Oh yes, the rainstorm. The rainstorm. So you're fish. Who were you fishing with at the time? Uh, Jake. Okay. So I noticed you guys in like some cabbage weeds in about five, six feet of water, and you guys were furiously working the jerk baits. The reef the, hog. Gra- the 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 gra- the gra- Don't worry about my reef hogs. The uh, yeah, the graph looked like someone took a sharpie black magic marker. 
right over that spot because that's yeah. all we did because we and, knew she was there. And you had uh, Jake was working a Bobby bait, right? Probably for a good chunk. I think of you that told time, me Bobby yeah. bait. Yep. So anyway, we try to go in there, and of course, Jim. Every time our boat gets close, boom, you guys would block. You know, you guys were guarding that spot like, like a jealous husband. Guarding his wife in the corner of the bar. <laughs> Stirring the brew, sir. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, I talked to my brother, Tim, and I said, all right, let's look at the map. So out came the map. And I said, let's find an area that's similar to what these clowns are working over here. So we found a spot, and we start working it. Pouring rain, about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and my brother pulls out this stupid Bondi bait, which had just come out. Everybody's, oh, the Bondi bait. And I'm like... Uh, you know, I don't have the patience to sit there and go up, down, up, down, up, down. Okay. You know? Yep. So anyway, there he is in the back of the boat, pouring rain, up, down, up, down, a jig in that thing. I'm casting. I'm fan casting. I'm covering water. And I'm silently thinking to myself, I wish he'd take that stupid Bondi bait off. He's being for a God, lunkhead. For God's sake, cover some water here. We got to get a fish. You're not going to get one. <laughs> in the howling wind, I hear, I got one. So... I turn around, and his rod is doubled over, but I mean, kind of a stupor, right? I'm, I'm in like a... a Stunned. I'm, I'm like, I'm, well, my, my hands are white from... from, from <laughs> so cold. So it cold. was so wet and cold. <laughs> Matter of fact, Jim, I'm starting to get... My mom had it. I'm, I get that like that Raynard's disease where my fingers turn white. Yep, yep. So I can't even feel my reel, and I think it numbed my brain. I look back at him, and I just turn around calmly to make another cast. And then I thought, what am I doing? He really he's has got a fish, a fish on. on. And I turned around and I dropped my rod and I run back and he's got this big fish and it just had hammered that Bondi bait in seven feet of water and he's just got a tight line on it. And my brother, Tim, we're talking about netting now, Jim. Yes, sir. Over the years, Tim has always been more antsy about wanting to get the fish in the boat than I am. I'm normally the calm one where I'm like, let him run, let play him a little bit. But when Tim has a fish there, he wants you to get it, and he wants you to get it now. Yep. So all of a sudden, he pulls this fish, horses this fish to the top. It's a 48-and-a-half-inch fish, which I guess I just ruined the story because how would we know? How would our listeners already know we caught the fish because I said how big it was? How would we know right, that? Right. But anyway, let's pretend you don't know we caught it. So anyway, I go to stab with the, with the net to get it in front of the fish, and I get it under the fish, and the problem is, is the boat is drifting and, and, and we're drifting over the top of the fish. So the tail end of the fish goes under the boat and I got it half in the net. So I have to lean all the way out with my don't do this at home, folks. five foot eight frame. And I take my left arm and go under the boat as far as I can up to my shoulder and flip the tail end of the fish into the net and pull it in the boat. It was the worst net job Yet the best net job I've ever done. Because it worked. Because we got the fish and it yeah. worked. If it doesn't work, it's the worst net job and you yeah. maintain your title as one of the sloppiest net men yeah. on the radio. As long as you got the fish. As long as we that... got the fish, Sam. Yeah, it's all yeah. that matters. Listen, it's all about the results. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like situation ethics. It's wrong sometimes, but it's not wrong in other situations, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter how, just how many, just like in golf. Right. Doesn't matter how it looks. So speaking of muskies, Jim, we got a tournament going on today. Uh, I, they're uh, Sucker Fest, Midwest, uh, or the uh, Muskie Club of Wisconsin is uh, hosting uh, their uh, yearly Sucker Fest on Pewaukee. And 
We'll get a hold of Scott Wilkie, their chapter president here, uh, maybe in one of these next breaks. Yeah, and, maybe uh, give it. What time do you do you chat. know? What time the soccer fest is? I'm not. Even, I'm not even sure. I would have to get there. Probably at the shop now, getting warmed up. Uh, buying suckers. Perhaps we can call one of the technicians at Monkey yeah. Island. Yeah. But the Sucker Fest, uh, explain that now. Is it, it's just no artificial lures? No, you're just putting me on the only? spot, Dan, because uh, I haven't huh? done it in a long time. But yeah, well, why just, do you think I just, bring you here? Okay, well, I understand. But <laughs> I got I'm, you here because you're supposed the, to know this. I've stuff. been in the grouse woods and checking trail cameras for deer and hey, get ready. I'm going to give you lots. Of, and I'm going to give you lots. We'll get Scott on. Give you lots of crap today. I miss Tom already because I could at least I'd already would have already picked on Tom. You know, at least five times. You know, half right. a dozen. Well, you have plenty Tom, of stuff to pick Tom on. Tom gives me, me lots. Yeah, he he gives me lots of material. Seven yeah. more weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah seven more. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh God, it's going to be tough. You'll so. be fine. But anyway, yeah, the Sucker Fest. I believe they've done this for a couple of years. They've now, done it right? for a couple of years, and what's nice about it is, is that uh, oh, the they, guys at Smokies can sell lots of suckers. Well, that's what's yeah, nice the about end of it. Year, get it's rid of sucker it's sale. great for your neighborhood. Brought to you by your friendly <laughs> neighborhood <laughs> sucker sales. Louis Layman Smokies Bait Shop they, owner. Um, uh, it's uh, all the proceeds go to stocking Pewaukee Lake. So the club uses all the money from this particular tournament um, or outing to okay. uh, to put muskies back into Pewaukee Lake specifically. It's not getting scattered throughout any of the other lakes. So yeah, uh, we don't want to go. We don't care about Okachi or Okanawa. Well, the, the club might because they have screw a lot them. Of people I want it on my lake, Pewaukee. Yeah, right. um, your lake. Yeah, it's my lake, buddy. My don't lake. forget that. It's my, it's my country. God it's my town, so. too, now. That's right. <laughs> so, you own it. Yeah. No, actually, we'll say Mike Kep owns it. That's, that's his <laughs> town out there. Um, but anyway, uh, well, they must have some prize money going to the to the lucky wieners. Yeah, and I didn't see how much that was. All right. I, I guess we'll find out. we <laughs> got to run a break. questions. I don't know. Like I said, why did I bring you here? You're uh, supposed hey, to know this stuff. It's for my good looks. You're greatly knowledge. Not, not really. So anyway, uh, <laughs> we got to run a break. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be back. Uh, we got lots more reports coming. Welcome back to Skipper Bud's Cutting Edge Outdoors. I, sorry for the little uh, quiet interlude there. Jim here was going to sing us a song, but he, he forgot the words. So anyway, we on the line. Uh, we've got Scott for the, from the uh, Muskie Club. You had you had all these questions for me. I figured we just ask the person in charge. Okay, sounds good. Good morning, Scott. You with us? I'm with you. Okay, so tell us about today's Sucker Fest out on Pewaukee. Well, there's a tournament going on on uh, Pewaukee Lake today. It started. Oh, I guess it started uh, 10, 15 years ago, and then there was a pause. And then uh, a member of our club, local fisherman Abe Lang, started uh, Suckerfest back up about, I think, three, four years ago. And uh, it's usually the first or second uh, Saturday of November, and it's today. And uh, guys start fishing about uh, 7.30 and go till 4.30, and then there's a, a big raffle after, and that raffle... Uh, raises money in the name of uh, a fellow angler who passed away a couple years, Dave Dawson. And uh, all the proceeds from the raffle go to the Muskie Club of Wisconsin, which I'm the president of, and then we use that money 100% for putting fish back into Pewaukee Lake. So, well, tell us a little bit, uh, Muskie Club of Wisconsin, um, what kind of activities do you do? Uh, Stocking? I mean, can you fill us in a little bit? Sure. We stock, uh, generally we stock in the fall, and then we stock uh, Iwaki, uh, Okachi, LaBelle. Um, we've had some small stockings over the years in the Fox River and a few other places. It's it's pretty much where the DNR lets us put fish and, and what studies they have going at what time. And, and if we're lucky, 
Um, if we're lucky, we can find some fish in the fall that weren't bought up by other clubs that we can carry over the winter, and then we can put in those big spring fish that are a year old and then put those in the area lakes. And, and we stock every year. We've been doing it uh, continuously since 2012, so we're on a good run right now. I think we've put about forty to $45,000 in the local lakes in the last seven years, and then most of that money uh, has gone all to uh, – lakes that are attached to the Economwalk River system or uh, Pewaukee Lake. Gotcha. And then, now, today's tournament, uh, how big of a field do you have? Well, it's a sign-up uh, day of tournament, so I'm, oh. standing right outside, I'm standing right outside of Smokies right now, and uh, Abe's taking registrations here as the diehards pull in, but right now, I think I think right now there's between twelve and fifteen rigs here, so we okay. should have a pretty good turnout. So it's so it's early yet. So if any of our listeners out there uh, are laying on the couch right now drinking their morning <laughs> coffee, they can get motivated. It's going to be a beautiful day today. Um, Actually, yeah, yeah, we kind of lucked out weatherwise. I think they're perfect. Seeing, yeah, forties, and uh, you just go on out. You don't have to, you know, wreck your rotator cuff because you don't allow casting or anything. It's just basically what. Um, how many lines per boat? Is there any restriction that way? No, actually, guys can uh, guys can even troll. It's three lines per boat. That's the way Abe's got it set up. So okay. What what my my partner Chad Larson and I will do is we'll we'll throw two uh, we'll throw two suckers out and then we'll take turns casting. Fingers get cold. Switch guys. That kind of thing. Okay, so you okay? So you can uh, you can okay. cast one. Huh. Okay. Yeah, you can cast. You can troll. You can soak suckers, but. Uh, Last couple of years, it's been the guys hanging the meat uh, that have been getting the fish. Well, this time of year, it's a prime way. I got my biggest one ever, November 5th, 2003, I believe. Not that a guy remembers okay. anything like that. A simple giant sure. like that. Yeah, that was a big one. And I was just soaking a sucker, drifting along, almost sleeping. I was too lazy to cast, Scott. I, I don't bother with that. I just lay, lay sit my butt down. Yeah, there's a, there's a good Six-pack of PBR. What? Yeah. We'll probably have three suckers in the water by afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Once, yeah, oh, you could always try that uh, jerking up and down with the bondy bait like I was telling Jim about my brother. He got a 48-and-a-half-incher in a tournament doing that one, so you never know. Sure. I know a lot of guys like doing that. And then what? what's, I know you got proceeds going for stocking, but you got anything for the lucky wieners if they uh, place? Yeah, so... So the, the way Abe sets this up is it's 100 bucks an angler, and winner, uh, the winning team takes it all. I mean, there's no there's no second place. There's no third place. Winner takes it all. Wow, this isn't so, like third-grade soccer. I imagine not yeah. a lot of millennials will like this contest. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's if no, you're there's If no, you're younger than, no. yeah, age-restricted. Well, if I understand correctly, Scott, too, uh, afterwards, where you guys raise a lot of your money is from the raffles afterwards. Correct. And uh, that's at Carly's Bar and Grill in Pewaukee. Well, yeah, let's talk okay. about that. Uh, my good friend, our good friend Jake over at Carly's there, uh, what, what, what's going on there and what time is it? So what, uh, Abe, uh, Abe, Abe working with our club, with sponsors, we've put together uh, five big raffle prizes. Um. Each raffle prize has got a retail value over $300, and it's a mix of uh, lures and gear and so forth. And then there's a, uh, one of the prizes is retailed at about 500 and that's uh, two nine-foot trolling and sucker rods and then a bunch of lures. So it's really a nice spread, and it's, it's five poles, five tickets, five winners, five tables. So um, 
and that's over at Carly's. And I would anticipate that with guys coming off the water around 4.30, um, I would anticipate things will start getting busy at Carly's around 5, and I would anticipate the raffle tickets. They'll start pulling those, you know, once guys have a chance to check everything out and buy tickets. So, yeah, Jake should have a good crowd over there. What? This afternoon. And Scott, what time are you going to have the raffle stuff set up for the folks that aren't uh, aren't fishing today? They can go in and buy raffle tickets and partake right. in the festivities before you guys get there when you're done fishing. What right. time are you going to have that set up over there? So, I think uh, um, I think two ladies, I think Becky and Elise, uh, are setting up stuff a little bit ahead of our return. So I would think that fo- folks uh, got over the police anytime probably after four, they would see them either set up already or setting things up over there. So, so yeah, so if you even if you're not fishing today, head on over to Carly's. So, uh, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll probably yeah. head over there, being as it's right down the road. And, I, you know, I haven't won anything in a long time. I'm a little bitter about that. And I, yeah. I, I might have to spend yeah. some money and try and win something. You said you were going to spend money? Yeah, there should be a good crowd over there with the with the Badger game on. That's a three o'clock kickoff today. And Carly's uh, has good food. It's a great place. Uh, I will uh, um, also uh, mention that uh, I guess I did. Jake's the owner over there, and uh, if you go on out there, make sure to say hello to him. He'll be glad to shake your hand. There you go. All right. Well, uh, good luck with the uh, good luck with the tournament. If anyone catches a fifty incher here in the next, uh, I don't know, hour and twenty minutes, give us a call. Yeah, I'll do that. I will definitely do that. All right. Good luck with it, then, Scott. Scott. Thank you. See you later. All right, guys. Thank you. Bye. All right. Take care. That was Scott Wilkie. Wilkie from the Wisconsin Muskie Club. Muskie Club of Wisconsin. Right. Not to be confused with Muskie Zinc. Correct. Which is another great organization. uh, And and they do, they they work hand in hand quite a bit. And Uh, there are people that are members of both. They're members of both, and they're very active members, and and you know a lot of them. Um, oh yeah, and uh, you know uh, they're they're just it's a great bunch of people both directions. And if if you musky fish out on any of these area lakes, you really should be a member of one of the clubs because they stock. They, I mean, you're taking advantage of a resource that they are invested in in working on and improving. So even though I don't go to the meetings. I've always been a member of the Milwaukee chapter of Muskie's Inc. Right, and that's uh, um, and that you know th- it's amazing to really see how hard many of these guys work um, to supplement what the the DNR can't do everything. We all know that, and uh, um, you know they help fill the holes in to make these fisheries what they are today. And um, you know the Muskie guys help the walleye guys, and the walleye guys help the Muskie guys. You know so I was gripe uh, I was griping about I haven't won anything for a while. You know. That's kind of tongue-in-cheek. You know, my first exposure to the Milwaukee uh, chapter of Muskie's Inc. was years ago when I drove up from Racine when I was was working down there. This was, I don't know, about 1990 or something. And I was just starting to get into muskie fishing. I just got one muskie reel from my dad, and I didn't really have a lot. I had a little aluminum boat. So I drove up by myself, went to the Journal Sentinel Sports Show, and that's when it was that's when it was good. That's when it was downtown. It was just an event, man. It was right. cool. Chainsaws and yeah, real yeah. men. And I was walking all around and I remember I looked and said, Oh wow, there's Pete Mena in a booth. That's Pete Mena and and all these guys, celebrity, what I looked at as, as fishermen. And I went to the Muskie's Inc. booth and they had they had a 
nine horse, they had a regular motor, they had a trolling motor, and then they had a fishing rod and reel. And I remember specifically, I said to the guy, I said, well, I don't need a motor, I got a motor. I said, I don't need a trolling motor, I got one of those, but I'm going to buy a ticket and win that rod and reel. And I bought one ticket, being the cheap guy that I am. Mm. And that's before I even knew Tom Neubauer, so he didn't even have any time to rub off on me. But I <laughs> bought one ticket, and I, I was managing the Bally down in Kenosha, and I came back from a lunch break, and uh, my receptionist there, can't remember her name, but she says to me, uh, hey, uh, Dan, uh, somebody called, and they, they said you won. I, I uh, re, A rod or something, she said. I'm like, Yes! <laughs> I won. I won a St. Croix rod in a Garcia reel. Very yeah, cool. By buying that one ticket. Yep, that got me launched. And then yeah, off, the off rest you went. Is, it got stolen two years later <laughs> out of my garage. <laughs> That's another story. We don't need any of those beating stories. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, what time we got? We got to go to break here? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll tell you what. Why don't we go to break? And uh, real quick, I do want to announce we are going to have the Hornschwaggle. Now, for the Hornschwaggle, our listeners know, you co- I'll make three statements. If I'm pulling your leg, it's a Hornschwaggle. If not, no Hornschwaggle. And you can win. You know what they can win, Jim? What can they win, Dan? Well, I'm glad you asked. They, they can win a $10 certificate to Carl's. Yes, Carl. You ever been to Carl's? I have been to Carl's. They have the greatest smoked fish. Great smoked sausage. Yeah. They just, it's just a good option. It rocks. And, and I had a deer last year. I got the barbecue sticks and uh, I was going to save them for the summer fishing. They never made it through the winter, Jim. I'd wake up at two in the morning. You didn't even share. I was like a rummaging bear in the middle of the cabin at night and I'd rummage my way into the freezer to see what I could find and I'd pull them out and then I'd, I'd pry them apart with a steak knife about cut my hand off and then I'd put them in the microwave and... They never made it to summer. So. This is why you'll have a dog and not a wife. Barbecue sticks. Well, can dogs open barbecue stick packages? I don't know. But yes. call. give us a call, 799-1250. Call right now. We'll put you on hold, and uh, you've got a good chance to win. Now, if you've won in the last couple weeks, I won't be like Tom. Tom says, if you won in the last six weeks. Well, if you won in the last four weeks, well, okay. We want to give lots of people a chance to go, go to Carl's and support our sponsor. But give a call, and uh, we'll have some fun with the questions. And... Uh, We'll go to break, and we'll talk to you then. In a white room with black curtains near the station. Black roof country, no gold payments, tired starlings. Silver horses. Welcome back. The Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for listening this beautiful Saturday morning. And uh, right now we have our Hornschwaggle segment, the segment everybody waits breathlessly for all week long. And here it is. And who's our lucky contestant? We got Matt from Caledonia. Hey, Matt, how are you doing? Good morning. Okay. Right. All right. Good morning. So you know how this works. And so I'll make the statements and then we'll roll. If you do win, which, which you probably will, uh, Sam will get your uh, address and information. I'll get that $10 certificate for uh, Carl's mailed out to you. So here we go. Uh, I got cat. I got cats on the brain right now. I was reading a study about a uh, Wisconsin bobcat that the DNR had tagged, and they were tracking its home range. And in the summer, it only goes like 0.8 miles, but in winter range, it's like 7 miles, I guess. Yeah, I guess they're looking for food, and some hunter ended up, or trapper ended up, 
getting it. Okay. They didn't get in trouble though, because you know it's it's it was it's a wild animal. Wild animal. Although I'd get nervous if anything I shoot with a transmitter on, I I get I get concerned personally. But anyway, cats. So here we go. Uh, the mountain lion. We've seen a few of those in the state here. Mountain lions go by many names, including uh, puma, cougar, panther, hornswoggle, or no hornswoggle. No Hornschwagel. No Hornschwagel. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. Way to go, Sam. Only your second week back with us, and you're right on the ring. So, next one. Uh, we all know that bear, bear spray is very popular for people that don't want to pack a 44 meg. Of course, I pack. I pack a 44 meg, Jim. I don't you're, mess around. You don't mess I, around. No, I don't mess around with them can on my hip. No. But for uh, but bear spray, you know, is a deterrent for, for bear, but... Uh, believe it or not, for uh, for mountain lions, hairspray. Hairspray is a good deterrent if sprayed in the direction of a mountain lion. I would say that's a horn swaggle. That's a horn swaggle, yeah. Horn it's, it's It's good if your hair gets out of place <laughs> as you're running from the mountain. Nine. <laughs> and this brings... Yeah, this brings up the... Brill cream. There, okay, good, yeah. Okay, remember, remember what was that? Uh, a little dabble do ya was that uh there's my dad used to use it the greasy stuff oh whatever so next one mountain lion you're on a roll right now matt by the way um so let's see if you're three for three when approached by a mountain lion it's best to crouch down and look as small as possible i think it's the opposite i'll say horn swaggle correct that's a horn swaggle yeah only <laughs> you know where we're gonna go, where this could go, and I'm just trying to keep it together right now, Danny. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, yeah, it, it is the opposite. They say that you want to look as big as possible, and you want to like if there's a stick nearby, grab it, and uh, do do your best uh, yell at uh, impersonation when that when that cat comes at you. Pretend that head is a big old baseball and try and smack it in the nose hard as you can. Yeah. So anyway, uh. We'll put you on hold. Thanks for listening and Thanks playing. Thanks for calling in. Uh, real quick, you doing? You been out hunting or fishing lately? Uh, we only got to go once this year, and I got a, a, a 32-inch muskie on Pilaki, so it was good to get one. It's been a long time. Well, that's cool. cool. Were you casting, trolling, or? Uh, trolling. Trolling. Okay. Well, sounds good. Um, I was... Uh, Last week we had uh, uh, Bill Schwartz uh, makes the world famous slammer a great trolling bait on Pewaukee. He actually called in, I think, and did the did the contest, our NFL football contest. So yeah, if you're going to troll some baits out there for muskies, pick up a couple of those four inch slammers. So, all right, we'll let you get going, Matt. Stay on hold, and we'll get the information. Listen every week. Thank you. All right, Thank take you. care, man. All right, another loyal listener. Where my where my where, was my horn swoggle too easy, Jim? No, I don't think so. No? I think uh, I think any cat. You questions, think that hairspray one? <laughs> I think any any cat. You had hey, you had me thinking, but <laughs> I was thinking I haven't heard that one. But you can get tricky sometimes. <laughs> now, what if you took a, a lighter? In now front that of the would hairspray? work. That, Does that really work? Does that go? Sure. I always, like a flamethrower? And I always tell everyone, if you can, if you've got your pepper spray or your whatever, if you think that you have the moxie when an angry mountain lion wants to eat your face to pull out a can of something and spray it instead of running for your darn life, then you go ahead and carry that can of pepper spray. <laughs> Other than that, I suggest a really good pair of boots, 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, working on your cardio would probably be the best well, thing. I was, I was like the one joke where the two guys are in grizzly country, and and the guy says, well, what are we going to do if we see a grizzly? I says, I'm going to run. <laughs> yeah. And the guy says, run, that's the last thing you're supposed to do. Why are you going to? You can't outrun a grizzly. And he goes, I just got to outrun on you. you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Hey, um, I want to give a special shout out here, Jim. While I remember, you know, I'm a teacher. And uh, um, there's, uh, you know, we get a lot of support in the community. I'm at Ronald Reagan High School, which is a great school with great teachers and administration and wonderful, wonderful students. I'm lucky just to be there. But uh, we have a one of our local businesses. Uh, it's McDonald's. And they're owned by, if I mispronounce this, Steren, S-T-E-R-E-N, owned McDonald's Records. Uh, they are actually... Work, they are actually uh, providing uh, some incentives for students. It says uh, students, um, impl- it, it's called the Excellent GPA Award. It says uh, students uh, employed during a full grading period and who work an average of 15 hours a week receive a bonus based on their grade point average. And uh, so if they have a grade point average of 3 to 3.5, they get $100, uh, $150 for a GPA of 3.5 to Four and two fifty for a GPA of four So, do you know what this would mean for me if I were a student in high school and uh, working at McDonald's? You'd still be broke. I wouldn't get anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was at that two point eight. But anyway, uh, they do support the school. They also uh, support giving. Uh, you know, they have some. Uh, we actually got a, a little card in our mailbox for a free breakfast sandwich oh, nice. for, for the teachers. Absolutely. And for students, we get little cards to give out as incentives for the for the students. You wouldn't believe how hard a kid will work to solve a math problem if you say, "Hey, you can get a certificate for a free Perfect. McDonald's fry." But the the ones that they own are Cudahy, Howell, Howell and Poots. <laughs> P-U-E-T-Z, I got to be mispronouncing it's that. Putz. Putz. Yeah, that's what I figured was going to call someone a putz. That's probably a bad thing to call someone. Is that something? Putz? Oh, no. That's not a no. not a bad derogatory racial thing or anything? That's permissible. Last I checked. Now, that could have changed on Facebook five times since we brought it up. I don't know where that derived from, but okay, I didn't mean to say that. It's Putz, P-U-E-T-Z, first in Layton, first in National, South Milwaukee, 13th in Ryan. 27th in Ramsey, North in Oakland, Bayview, 13th in College, 27th in Cold Spring. So uh, we want to thank those McDonald's and uh, support them. Yes, we got a caller. Yes, we got Joe and Monaco. Joe and Monaco. All right, let's go to him. What's up, Joe and Monaco? Hey, Danny. Good to talk to you guys again. Yeah, what's happening, uh, man? Got a couple of couple of comments for you. Last week on the show, you guys talked about wild rice. Yeah, and uh, you were trying to figure out what it was. Well, it's actually a type of grass. Really? That's why it's, that's why it's different from regular rice. It's it's uh, the, and they, it will choke out an entire lake too. Really? Oh so, yeah, absolutely. Great duck hunting on it, but but uh, yeah, it'll choke out a small lake in a hurry. Anyway, the other thing that a little dab will do you that's brill cream. I'm brill sure. cream is that what I was trying to think of? Was that the white stuff in a little? jar yeah, yeah you may as well put axle grease on your hair yeah my dad used to wear that before he went to church yeah and i remember <laughs> in the 60s his hair was like all oh, parted that? and greased over to one side it has, a, it has a it has actually a kind of a not bad smell to it i mean chicks dig it well, maybe that's why maybe it. that's how he got my mom it was all that 
Brill cream. Well, and all that old stuff is coming back, like we talked about last night. Yeah. Flannel shirts, camouflage, guys, baggy guys pants. Can't grow a beard nowadays putting grease in it or beard. Yeah, they. What? Oh yeah, you got, oh you have to groom your beard nowadays. You, you know, guys are just, putting grease in their beard. Sam's shaking his head back it's there. It's crazy. They got like these kits and all that where it's like you know, beard cream and you know aftershave for your beard. It's like uh, it's like it's like a whole kit that you can buy. I don't know. Like I don't guys want to go to a hair salon nowadays. It's they get their beards groomed and they're, but I. Damn. Anyway, I, I hate yeah. to take you off. You don't. Yours looks pretty ratty, Jim. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Let's get back on it, but um, I just wanted to let you guys know the lakes are freezing over up here in Oneida County. Okay. Um, what are, are, are you guys going to have a lot of people going in mass to try and do some ice fishing once it freezes over? Guys are already ice fishing up here. They are? They are. Um, the guys out here will, will go north and ice fish, and when their buckets start sinking, they... Uh, they, they, they'll move their bucket back away from the hole and keep fishing. So you are those those guys that they have to be the first guy on the ice? Is that the t- the mentality there? It's big for walleye. It's, that's why they want to do it. I mean, it's, I think it's silly, but... Early, so, that early ice bite is incredible. Is it really? Yeah, if, you, if you're smart about it. and um, So are they fishing shallow weeds, Joe? Is that what you're uh, doing? Just fishing shallow weed beds? Well, I, I feel like they're probably starting to move a little bit deeper right now. Um, I, I think if you're near like an outlet or an inlet somewhere around there where they're moving deep, that's where you're going to get them. Okay. Well, that's good information. We got to go to break, and 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 for calling in, you're going to win a free bottle of Brill Cream, which uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can never expect in the mail because I don't even think they make it. You should keep that for yourself there, Bush. All right. All right. I need all the help I can get. So, all right, man. Take care. Good talking. All right. Good talking to you guys. Take all care. Right. You've been listening to the Skibber Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Get ready for our 7 o'clock top of the hour break and non-news break. Take it away, Sam. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. Aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train. <laughs> Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. Welcome back. And now I bring you our Skipper Buds top of the hour news update by Dan Bush, single straight white wealthy landowner from Douglas County. In politics, the Democrats hate the Republicans and the Republicans hate the Democrats. Traffic is light and variable on Edens. And now here's Jim with sports. The Badgers play today. (laughs) The Packers play tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, and now back to the show. <laughs> I, you know what? Honestly, I don't know. With without having a news, without having any kind of an update going on, yeah. I don't have time to go get another coffee. Oh, I know. So no, no yeah. time for an alien. So the movement. listeners understand that normally, 
customarily during that particular time it was quite a long break. Yeah, that was a nice. There long was a break. New, news update, sports update. Yeah. Tom would go out have a smoke about two minutes. Yeah, I'd yeah. walk down the hall. Walk back down the hall. <laughs> but it was like, don't take off your headphones. Don't do anything. Don't go. Like, Hold on a minute. In the old days when we first started, Sam, they had the kiss studio next yeah. to us. And there'd be someone in there doing the kiss. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd always go by and wave at, yeah, see what, know, see wave at him through the window. Yeah, with their hip hop and two, don't Shoot kiss the breeze FM a little bit. Maybe that's why they took him off. Because they knew you guys had like, way too much free time. There's one, <laughs> one guy, real nice guy. I forget <laughs> Hey, we play pig premium for this airtime. We can yeah. go screw around in the hallway for a little bit. Now, hey. now what are they just got a mannequin sitting in the studio <laughs> yes. with his back to the door? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't the unnamed it. DJ? Yeah. DJ yeah. no name. You know, yeah. think about it. Eventually, they won't even have a human being doing it. Oh, no. There will be a robot. Yeah. And it's probably pretty close to that. Unless, it's, of course, it's a live outdoor radio show. It'll be a robot. Yeah. You couldn't have a robot. When you turn on your radio, it'll say, if you want to listen in English, push one. If you want to listen in Spanish, push two. Yeah. (laughs) You better, you know, job security, find a different profession there, Sam, because your job security is going down the drain, man. Darn. It's all going to be gone. Hey, uh, uh, I do have this article here, Jim. We were talking, like I said, I got cats. Cats on the brain. Hunter fends off mountain lion with knife. Uh, according to report, well, I got to give the source here, this source. I don't want to get, you know, in trouble for plagiarism. Oh, it's from American Hunter magazine. Uh, according to reports out of Colorado, an elk hunter is lucky to be alive after successfully defending himself from an attacking cougar with nothing but his wits and hairspray. No, pocket knife. I just threw that hairspray in there. Um, <laughs> the guy was actually bald. He didn't need any hairspray. The hunter, according to news reports, was scouting elk for the upcoming season and he spotted a cougar in close proximity. <laughs> in, a, in an effort to avoid a closer encounter, the hunter proceeded to walk backwards, fa- facing the cat the entire time. Nice kitty cat. Meow. <laughs> nice kitty cat. Hey, little pusser. <laughs> Look at the mouse over oh, there. Look at the big squirrel up over here. Don't pay attention to me. So he's walking backwards for like 200 yards, right? In Every, elk country. You're going to walk backwards. He's facing the cat for 200 yards. In elk country. What happens if you like trip over a rock or something? Well, walking all, backwards. Yeah, <laughs> all, it was all going good when he tripped and fell. Oh, yeah. That's why I was laughing. That's why I was laughing. That would be one of those old crap moments <laughs> in life when you're like, oh, no. Just turn and go is my theory on this one. Oh, my God. But, so as the man fell to the ground... He still had his wits about him. The mountain lion (laughs) seizing the moment. 200 yards away. (laughs) Seeing his opportunity, the mountain lion pounced, scratching at his legs. Okay, why is he just going at his legs? He should have went for for the throat. If I were a mountain lion, I wouldn't mess around. But no, we we don't endorse mountain lions killing hunters. In response, the hunter grabbed his pocket knife. Pulled out his old Cub Scout. You know, every boy used to have a pocket knife. Still Jim. have mine. Do you have a knife on you right now? I have a knife on me. It's not my my first Boy Scout knife. We're gonna back get in the kicked day, out but... of the studio. We got a oh. non-weapons policy here. Right? I didn't, I didn't hear anything. It's a butter okay, knife. It's a, it was my butter knife <laughs> right. from my bagel All and right. cream cheese. Yeah. No one in the station listens to our show anyway, so we won't get in trouble. So uh <laughs> what's that? What's that machete? <laughs> 
What? Did you have to chop your way into the studio this morning, Jim? Jim? it wasn't the butter knife. It was the other five <laughs> knives that you have on you. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, but anyway, he pulled out his pocket knife, stabbed at the cat, creating an opportunity to get away. Uh, responding wildlife officers were able to track the cougar down, kill it. Uh, and they noted that the cat acted aggressively towards the officers. Well, he's probably kind of upset that the elk hunter got away and... You got nothing. Except um, stabbed. Stabbed, stabbed a few times with the Cub Scout pocket knife. Somebody came into his house. Right. Stabbed him. Right. And now there's people wanting to mess with him. Upon examination, it was discovered the cat had only a stomach full of grass. Suggesting it was likely hungry, but otherwise healthy. Now, when I first thought of that, I thought, the poor kitty's eating grass. But, you know, cats eat grass. I had a cat one time. Do you know why they eat grass, Jim? Is it a digestive thing? Wow, Dan? he's smarter than he looks over there. Hey, Did you hey. know that, millennial? Sam, uh, not, I am? Not really. I mean, my dog kind of did it here and they there. They don't teach you guys like, nothing in yeah. school anymore. Yeah, cats will eat grass. It helps their digestion. Dogs will do it, too. Then they puke it up. Yeah. Every... <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'll never forget yeah. one of the weirdest sounds I ever heard. I'm sitting watching TV in my parents' house, and we had a cat, black cat named Smokey. And all of a sudden, I hear this god-awful sound from behind the rocking chair, right? <laughs> and I'm like, what was it like? <laughs> <laughs> Can't even. <laughs> like, who the heck is in the room with me here There's making that god-awful sound? No, it's and then I look at the cat, and his whole body was like convulsing, <laughs> right? It must, it must not be easy, cop. <laughs> Coughing up grass and a hairball. Hey, you think it's funny? Uh, you, know, <laughs> you just try coughing up a hairball, buddy. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. I'm good. You think your life's good. good for a cat? Yeah. Or a dog? Right, eating they, there. They got some Friskies. issues. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. Well, there's nothing worse than ha- hearing your dog at three in the morning when you're trying to sleep. You're awoken to this guttural sound of dog vomit preparing to expel itself. Oh, no. no. Well, it's laying in bed with you. There's nothing. There's nothing good about it there's just nothing good about it well, at that, that hour that would be that would be some bad dog breath yeah bad dog it was breath. hill street blues well and now it's call and, everybody dog breath. and now it's if you didn't if you didn't if you didn't if you didn't tend to your yard uh before this freeze so it's all it's full of doggy poop sickles yeah i never forget and then they one. like chewing on them and you know i love my dad but you know one thing i always you know held against him is he never we had a, a golden retriever and it was in a doghouse, and it had a chain on it. Dad didn't go out there and, and clean up enough, right? Right. So I was playing football in the backyard. I did it down and out, right? And as I was, as being, you know, the great future athlete that Green Bay Preble I was about to become 10 right. years later, I went all out, laid out for the ball, and landed face down in a pile of in that area. Ugh, that was not fun. Thank God there was a garden hose back there, but and yeah, I, for God's sake, Dad, clean that stuff up. I didn't. Th- I don't think your your father was uh, feeding at the high end sixty dollar bag dog food no. that we see today either. So I can't imagine it was. Uh, of course, thinking about it, I should be thankful Dad wasn't making me clean that stuff up. Right? Why wasn't uh, that my told job? You, or he told you that it was. He your gave job. me lots of jobs. Or he told you that was your. Did job you have chores as a kid, Jim? Uh, yeah, we had our chores, but nothing. Uh, nothing. No too. picking up the dog. No, no. Uh, when I was growing up, we Picking pretty much had cats, a kennel dog. Cats, we had wood. We lived in the woods. We lived in the woods. No cats, Dan. Cats are just cats are for they're, girls. They're dangerous. Cats are 
they're for, they're for out in the barn with the mice. Cats are for a guy who used to it's live in the basement of his mom's house, house and now lives yeah. by himself with yep. a cat. He's trying to figure out his gaming, don't gaming, wanna, his gaming controls instead of sitting in a tree. You don't want to be that guy. Right. Yeah, living in your mom's basement with your mom's cat. I don't know. I kind of like that. I had, we had a, that black, same black cat who could barf up the hairballs. He would hide in the backyard. One of my chores I had, my dad would have me on Sunday night after we got home from church. We'd have to put the gar- garbage out, and I'd go walking in the bl- backyard, and that cat would hide in the hedge and come jumping out at me, arching its back and jumping up right. and down. To scare the crap out of me. Right. It literally was playing. It with was me. mean. Cats but are I used evil, to ch- man. But I used They're to chase evil. it. Yep. I used to chase it around the yard. It was trying to get me to chase it. it, it or vice versa. No. That cat would chase me around the yard yeah. and jump up on my back leg. I'd, I'd be kicking it in the chin. It was act like a dog. They're just I, was re- mean. I was really sad when that cat got run over by some. My sister had one teens. that would dig its claws into my back every time I went to her house. From the time it was a kitten. Until the time it, I don't even know if the thing's still alive. Oh, yeah, your not. girlfriends to dig their claws into your back. What do we got a call on the line? <laughs> yeah, we got Jerry in Manitowoc. Hey, Jerry in Manitowoc. Is hey, this... this is Captain Jerry from Anglers Plus. How are you guys doing? Hey, good, good man. Morning. Uh, thanks. I know uh, our buddy Woody, I told him to maybe have give you a call. I'd kind of like to hear how that uh, Green Bay fishery is going for you now. Um, I have not been out in the last few days the fishery's been excellent. The, the walleye bite is really good right now. Um, you got the influx of the shad species coming in as the water gets colder and colder and they start to head towards the river, find the warmest water or the most open water that they can find and that's where they need to be to survive. And with that, and also you have a uh, full moon coming up here the next couple of days. You have uh, whitefish coming in to spawn on the rocks along the uh, bay and in the river, and with that, you're getting muskies, you're getting walleyes, you get pike. They're all uh, working their way towards where the food is and where the bait is. So the bite is really good right now. Well, that's interesting. You brought that up because I'm looking at my notes right in front of me here, and I've got whitefish run written down because I was on uh, the DNR website, and they mentioned that the whitefish were running into the rivers. And you know, I've heard of uh, whitefish up on those uh, Canadian shield lakes uh, coming up onto the rocks, and that's why all these guys would troll the big giant crank jakes and slammers and stuff, banging the rocks up on Lake of the Woods and stuff because those muskies were following those whitefish in. But I didn't realize, I guess or I never re- really thought about it, that we have a whitefish run on the bay. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, they work their way in from the deeper water, and they come in to spawn in the full moon, and... You get uh, a lot of them that come into the river, and you get a lot of them that uh, are along the rocky shores of both Brown, Door, and uh, O'Connell counties. Anywhere there's rocks, there's going to be some whitefish this time of the year. Um, and uh, they, they tend to stay there for quite a while. I mean, the guys that go out and when we get ice, uh, start ice fishing. Um, they'll catch them shallow, they'll catch them deep, they catch them all over out there. So when I think of whitefish, Jerry, I think of like some big doggone, you know, 15-inch bait fish. And I'm thinking, well, walleyes, I mean, are they feeding on them, or are there some smaller size ones, or, or are the walleyes just big enough to take some of them? Yeah, the bigger walleyes will feed on uh, whitefish up to 10, 12 inches, no problem. I've had uh, walleyes that we caught deep jigging that when they came up, they, uh, they regurgitated uh Whitefish, a good solid 10, 12 inches, no problem. Um, 
for the most part, those walleyes are looking to feed on much smaller, smaller bay fish. There's a lot of whitefish that are under the 10 inch limit, you know, that 10 inch mark that is, and you'll see quite a few uh, uh, walleyes feeding on them, plus the, the muskies that, you know, for all the work that we do fishing out on uh, on the bay for muskies and the guys that show up that are traditional muskie guys, they come out with 12 to 15 inch baits. I catch more fish on a five inch to nine inch bait than anything else by far. Well, that, that was going to be my next question. I know up there for years that Rapala super shad's been good, uh, perch yep. patterns and stuff, uh, which that's not a, a real big bait. Even on Pewaukee here, we, you have way better luck trolling a four inch slammer or a Bagley as opposed to guys trying to pull those monster baits. So it's interesting. I was going to ask you though, does anybody, you know, you think of a perch pattern, um, uh, super shad that you know it's kind of like representing a perch right. does does anybody troll any kind of crankbaits that are uh whitefish like uh i did decent this year on a, a whitefish pattern uh jake a six inch jake um that was a good day for me this year too um shallow raiders same uh, same uh, color pattern I would say not so maybe maybe whitefish. You know, for for most guys, I think it's referenced as sucker more than it is whitefish. But I think you get the gist of it. You're you're dealing with uh, a bait that's six to eight inches long that's got the silvery sides on it that uh, mimics. It could mimic a sucker. It could mimic uh, a whitefish also. Gotcha. And then for the guys fishing walleyes right now, what are they dragging? A lot of jig fishing. The river's full of fish right now. The breaks along 8 to 12 foot are loaded with, with walleyes. Um, guys are getting them in the deep holes. Guys are gotten up by the dam casting crankbaits in four to six foot of water. One of the benefits of having all this water that we've had this year is those rock areas up by the dam uh, are in slightly deeper water. Therefore, you trim your motor up, even with my big... 21 and a half foot boat i could go just about anywhere i want to go up there i could i've touched a rock once this year up there and in several trips up there which is uh unusual because in most years there's a lot of places that are very treacherous and and it's pretty easy to see you could look at the water and you could tell the way the water rips through the area when it gets difficult and when it's an area that you shouldn't be traveling through but this year no problem you could go anywhere you want up there Gotcha. Well, uh, we're going to run a break, and uh, we appreciate your report. And now, are you still going to be open for business? You got any openings if we want to give your info out for a guide job? I do. I do. Right now, um, we're doing a lot of jigging, and we're doing a lot of casting. So if guys want to come out, uh, fish uh, walleye, doing that, we can still, still do that. And musky season still goes for the rest of this month. So Phone number? Guys want to fish, my number is 920-973. And your website is? Yep, anglersplusguideservice.com. All right, Jerry. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you, you, Dan. All right, take care. Stay warm. Yep. All right, we got to run the break. When we come back, uh, Jim's going to talk about something. I just don't know what. We'll figure that out when we get there. Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hold tight. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for listening. And uh, 
Hopefully, if you're not listening, you're out hunting or fishing right now. In a tree, getting ready for the major. That's in a tree. Oh, 10 oh. o'clock in the morning this morning. So I got to tell you my hunting story, Jim. Always a story, Dan. Here's a story. I got lots of stories. So, and remind me, I got a, a, another bear story that my dad from years ago, I thought of that earlier today. But anyway, my hunting story was uh, last weekend, I drove up to uh, Sparta and um, went to set up a couple of blinds. Now... You know, I, I like to buy, Jim, those, you know, cheap little $60 pop-up blinds. Cheap. But only when they go on sale for $10 off. Cheaper. Yeah. And you can set them up quick. Now, do you think a guy like me at the end of the hunting season bothers to take that blind down? Absolutely not. No, no. It just stays there, right? So it gets flattened by the wind <laughs> and the snow. <laughs> that sturdy $10 blind. Then I go to Sherpers the next fall and get a bunch of tent stakes and rope. And I go back up and try to find that, kick the leaves off that flattened blind and try and resurrect it for yet another year of successful sitting on a field. Mouse house. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, You're right. You got to kind of provide. And plus it it provides good cover for the earthworms in the ground and soil. You're doing your part. Saving the earth, Danny. Always the environmentalist. Always the tree hugger that I am. So anyway, I got them resurrected and I brought my crossbow. And I don't know what's wrong, Jim. I think I'm going through a, a midlife crisis. But it can't be a midlife crisis. <laughs> You're past midlife. Because I'm way past midlife. <laughs> Geezer. Is there a three-quarter life crisis? Well, 60 is the new 40 or, or something. Or I actually, know. I think it would be a, more a, a, a five-eighths life crisis. I think I'd be more a six-eighths life. Well, that would be three-quarters. You're using math and stuff and... A seven-eighths. I'm going through a seven-eighths life crisis, right? So I I don't feel like, okay, I, I got to drive back. So if I shoot a deer, that means I got to go drop its head off at Schnitzler's to get it tested for CWD. Then I got to take it to the meat processor there. And then I'm like, I got to get blood in the back of my new truck. and I, Plus, I got to drag it out myself, you know, and, you know. I, All the stuff that goes along with hunting Deer. I, you know, I, I'm not the great athlete I once was. You know, I, you know, I'm still, I still got a little bit, but dragging a deer is hard. So I thought uh, it's got to be a big one, Jim, if I'm going to shoot it. It's, I mean, big, not super just, tanker. Yeah, I thought I want to get a big son of a gun. Yep. So 150 inches plus. Eg- exactly. Nice so, symmetrical deer. Right. And I got the crossbow. I haven't even shot it yet this year, but I know that thing's deadly, right? So while I'm setting up the the stand, uh, resurrecting. I slam my car door and I see a big tail go on the ridge up the side of me. And I walk over there and there's huge scrapes. So I thought, well, I got two hours. I'm up here. You got to sit and wait to shoot a deer. I would disappoint my brother, Tim, if I called him and said, I didn't even hunt. Cause you know, you know how hunters, you kind of live for each other's stories. You call up and call your buddy and want to hear his hunting story. Yeah. So anyway, I thought I got to sit. So I go and sit down against a tree where I figure I can watch the ridge and the field. So I measure the distance to the field. I pace it, and it's like 60 yards. And I go sit back down at the tree, and I thought, well, this can reach out 60 yards. But then I started trying to think, okay, I can't remember which sight pin and how high at 60 yards. So I started thinking, ah, gee, I can't remember. Gee, I really should have shot this a little bit this year to recall... So then I thought... Don't do this at home, kids. Yeah. So then I thought, well, I'm just going to move closer to the field, right? So I thought, ah, I see a good log over there. I'll go sit on that log right there. That way I can 
35-yard shot to the field, plus I can hit this tra trail back here. So I go sit down on the log, and there's so many deer up there, it's unbelievable. I sit for 30 minutes. Sure enough, I look. I see about 60 yards away, I see a deer head and a, and an, and a rack. And it's kind of like, I think it was kind of looking at me. I, it's kind of, it's stopped. And I just see the head, and I think, oh, it's a little buck. I thought, oh, little guy's going to come walk right by me. Isn't that nice? I'm not going to shoot this deer. So it puts its head down and starts coming. It's kind of behind trees and stuff. So I really couldn't. I'm kind of trying to make it out. Just what kind of rack does this thing have? It wasn't the big-bodied deer. You know, I'm guessing it was maybe a two-and-a-half, three-and-a-half. It wasn't a real big-bodied deer. But then all of a sudden it got about 25 yards away, 30 yards maybe, and it raised its head up, and I'm like, Oh, geez. You know, yeah. there's right, the you, arcs, you the basket. Can't, you can't, it wasn't a monster, but it had, it's at least eight, maybe more. It had a, in a nice little symmetrical rack just outside the ears. It was a thin rack, not real tall tines, but I thought, you can't pass this buck up, right? You can't. Right. I thought, so here was my mistake. I should have got the safety off and had the crossbow up in firing position from the get go had I planned on shooting this deer but being as i hadn't planned on it all of a sudden it's like 20 yards away and it's directly in front of me and i'm directly in front of it and even though jim it put its head down and was walking again as soon as i made a move it knew you were there as soon as i made a move i was so busted that thing's head came up it looked at me and it wheeled around and bounded up the ridge you can always put it back down it's getting it up is the hard part, so yeah. take, you got to take your chance. <laughs> you just, and you never know what that bigger buck might rape. If the if the big bucks are smart for a reason, he's letting the little bucks go first. And there it was, and you gotta gone. Just... And guess what, though? The rest of the story, had I stayed in the spot I originally was sitting, that son of a gun would, be, would have been broadside at 20 yards. Yep. Yeah. Overthought that one, didn't you? Yeah, I overthought that one. But oh. you know what? I don't really care. Um, yeah, because I that would have meant I would have had to spend the money on processing. I'd the have moral blood of the story, actually, truck. the moral of the story is shoot your crossbow or your bow before you go hunting, so you know exactly what's dialed uh, in. Ah, me no bother that. Anyway, we got to go to break. We got another half hour rolling, so keep hanging with the crazy train, guys. I'm ready. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Love that song, Jim. Good morning, everybody. Hope you're staying warm in that yeah, boat or tree today. Boat or tree today. Boat uh, or tree today. And here's what we're going to do right now, Jim. Sam, I should have said this before the break. I apologize. Um, someone give us a call to do the NFL picking contest, 799-1250. All you got to do is pick the Packer game. And I, I'll tell you what, you're pretty much guaranteed to be a winner because all you got to do is beat one of us, right? Right. And we all don't think the same, right? Correct. I guess the only way you wouldn't win is if I picked a team, you picked a team, Sam picked a team, and the caller picked the same team, 
right? Then no one would win that one. Then no one would win. But we want people to win. And you know what they can win, Jim? What can they win, Dan? I'm glad you asked that, Jim. Um, you can win a $10 gift certificate <laughs> to Curly's Waterfront Water. Pub. And Grill. Yeah. You're kind of famous yeah. there at Curly's there. You got your signed autograph picture on the wall and something and like stuff that. Stuff like that. Don't like to say I'm, I just said this yesterday. It's not, when you're legend, you're not famous when you're legendary. You're not famous when you're legendary. Yeah, you're just okay. legendary. Okay. So anyway, anyway, uh, we were talking to Sam earlier. I think the uh, the spread is what do you say? five? The spread is five. Okay, and uh, I think Sam is busy over there. Uh, we were uh, interesting when we were up uh, last week when I was up grouse hunting and uh, we went and did a little musky fishing. And, uh, um, it was interesting because the one lake we were on was holding at 43 degrees. And, uh, well, we were getting phone calls from our guys at the other. Did you take a swim? I did not take a swim. Uh, No, we haven't had anyone swimming in quite a a number of years. You wouldn't see your testicles for three weeks. uh, At 43 degrees, yes, you would. Oh, we got a caller? Someone ready to play? Yeah, Joan Menominee Falls. Hey, Joe. All right. All right. Good morning. Good man. So uh, here we go. Packers play the Panthers. With uh, you know, with the uh, without the Cam Newton, but with the vaunted Christian McCaffrey. Yep. You know he's you know his mother was an Olympic hurdler and dad played for the Broncos. for the Broncos. I'll never forget old Ed, Easy Ed McCaffrey, stiff arming, sharp, <laughs> Darren Sharper, yeah. and running for like another twenty yards for a touchdown. He just kind of punked him with a stiff arm to the face mask. Of course, yeah. real football. Of course, uh, Sharper's in prison now, so he, he wishes he was on a field getting stiff-armed by Ed McCaffrey now. Uh, another one that could go a million different Let's ways. Let's not we'll even go, th- go So go anyway, anyway, here, Joe, uh, the point spread is five. Who do you got? Um, I got the Packers winning. I got them 35-28. Uh, 35-28. Okay, Sam, I am. What do you got? I'm going to go Packers, but I'm going to go lower scoring. I'm going to say 21-17. 21-17. I don't have him covering, but I just think it's going to be a lot more closer than people think. Jimmy. Packers, 21-28. Offense fixes it, figures it out from last week, and okay. uh, they're not going to screw around. Well, you think so, eh? So, anyway, I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. Now, the Packers will still win, but the Carolina Panthers are going to uh, lose – 24-21. Did you go Chargers last week? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. What? Did I go Chargers? I think you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, because the Chargers won, right? Yeah. If they won, yeah, I, that's who I picked, all right. Oh, so, man. yep, that was me. I know. You know. And Bush, as soon as I leave, I'm going to go start working on my sheets and spreadsheets they and stuff like uh, that. They don't call you Captain my... Dan Bush for, yeah, for no yeah, reason. I run a little 800 right. number. People can call for a little tip here and there, and I right. make a little cash on the side. And right. help, Running you know, book. I'll pay kids. You know, I'm helping people fund their kids' college education with my educated guesses. So There you go. So anyway, Joe, uh, did you leave your address information with, uh, no? Um, I haven't yet. Okay. So as soon as we put you on hold, get that information and... Uh, I will uh, I, now. I, I got to get the uh, gift certificate from Tom Newbauer. So hang tight. We'll get it to you. Okay. So you know, if you don't get it this week, you will get your uh, certificate in the mail. All right, no problem. I appreciate it. All right, we'll put you on hold. Get the info. Thanks for listening. Take care. Yep. Okay, that was a different Joe. I don't think that was Joe in Monaco. No, no. We no, talked Jim. to Joe. And Jim. 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 Was, was that Jim? Jim? 
Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. It was Joe. It was Joe, yeah. yeah. You go, you getting all Neubauer on me, messing up names, Sam? Yeah. <laughs> you got no excuse for it. He does. He had all those concussions growing up as a kid and stuff like that. And so, anyway, a um, couple of things I wanted to talk about, uh, Jim, here. We're talking about raffles. And uh, I got this in the mail. I don't know if you got this. A Ducks Unlimited is having a huge raffle. Their big national raffle? This is, is a big it? national raffle. Now, I was looking at this thing here, and there's some prizes. Uh, if you win the grand prize for the Ducks Unlimited Fall Sweepstakes grand prize, you got your choice of one of two. Option one is a Colorado elk hunt for two. Your grand prize will include a bull elk hunt for you and a companion. $14,000 value, five nights lodging at a ranch, four days hunting with a professional guide, good food, and airport ground shuttle transfers. Or... Look at all these rifles and shotguns, Jim. You can get it fourteen thousand. It's called the option two, the ultimate ten gun dream package. Uh, and they've got a Browning, two Brownings, no, four Brownings, uh, Winchester, two Benellis, uh, five Brownings, uh, Beretta. So a lot of shotguns, a lot of good rifles, and um, yeah. So which the, one do you choose? Eh, you'd win all of them, dude. Oh, you win the whole yeah, shooting match. Yeah, for option number two, it's no worth, pun intended. It's valued at fourteen thousand dollars. You get to hunt and win the guns. Yeah, and, off to uh, Colorado we go. Are you taking me if we if you win? Yeah, yeah, I'll take you. Okay. All right, as long as you, you're long the as, bestest. But party. I got to make you chip in for something. I'll figure. Yeah, it out. All right, you got to. I'll bring the coffee gotta, and the bullets. Okay, maybe you make your keep. But uh, as far as uh, bring my fly rod. As far as tickets, um, you can pay thirty five dollars and get fifty tickets. I think it said. Uh, all the way down to like, I don't know, $10 for 10 or whatever. But I will be entering this. So uh, I'm sure if our, any of our listeners were to go to Ducks Unlimited online, you could probably get in on a, a sweepstakes. And I'm sure as the season, uh, as the time progresses here, uh, that our, our own chapters here of Ducks Unlimited will be promoting that type of thing. Do you ever, did I ever tell you about the time I won the 7MM at a walleye's? I think it was a walleye's for tomorrow. Went to a walleye. You went to a walleye's dinner and one we of were uh, We were emceeing years ago, myself, John, and uh, Tom. And uh, we, uh, we were, I was calling the raffle winners. Now, I had gone to one of the gun boards previously and, and bought, I think I bought one ticket being the usual cheap guy that I am. And I, I looked at all the firearms and I said to the guy, I said, oh, that 7mm right there is what I would take. It was a Ruger bolt action. So I'm calling the winners. And I keep calling the, I call the ticket number. There's silence. Everybody's sitting quiet, and I keep reading it over and over. And then I look down on the, on the platform there or on the whatever uh, stand, and I look, glance at my ticket, and I go, oh, I won. <laughs> <laughs> then they all booed. They thought the fix was in. Right. Yeah. So that, that was the one that I sold to Chad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that yeah, rifle. I, yeah, that rifle. Yeah, he seven, bought that. 7mm, yeah. Yep. And I used the proceeds to buy my Ruger 44 meg. So. But anyway, yeah, raffles, I've been pretty lucky. And, and now you used to go to some, some really good raffles that you guys would win a lot. We Why don't would. you tell our listeners and, that? Well, you know, I, sometimes I think, uh, um, you know, you have to, say you have to spend money to, uh, uh, that's the whole point of this, to uh, benefit the duckies and the elk and the Well, these, these clubs <laughs> but, don't have these uh, raffles, so they lose, lose money, lose that's money. for sure, kind of like uh, Vegas. But um, sometimes when you get into... I, they, sometimes they get so big in the metropolitan areas 
these dinners. Your odds are less. Your odds are way less. But if you get to some of these smaller chapters that actually do a lot of local stuff with the money, um, uh, your odds are <laughs> way better, and they didn't have just the same up, amount of prizes. Didn't you guys go up to Wapaka years ago? It was your, no, it was Oneida. It was uh, Sugar Camp, I believe. It was a DU dinner in Sugar Camp, and we went up there and just after that they didn't allow. Uh, they moved the dinner to like a Wednesday night. And oh, uh, so you guys can go out they, there because it was yeah there was there was two uh, they did it on a Friday or Saturday everybody all the city slickers came from out of town with all their hundred dollar bills and uh, and uh, nobody won anything because we walked out of there with I think just about everything big off the table the yeah the national qualifier gun for the truck and the bows and the arrows and all the fun stuff so uh, so that 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 dinner that's the history why that dinner is now on a Wednesday or a Thursday okay. instead of the usual Friday up there, but uh, but you you have you can't win if you don't play. Well, I won and, at a um, real big one uh, years ago. Dan Johnson took me, myself, Tom, and John to the SCI. That's the Safari yep. Club, right? Correct. Yeah, bunch of rich guys, right? Yeah, I, they I, have I, money. I felt like I didn't belong, but any well, I am a wealthy. You are a wealthy landowner land from Douglas County, from, right? Yes. So I don't know what I'm thinking. Single, I'm, I'm just being single. That's right. I'm just being modest there. Um, but uh, anyway, I sat there all night long waiting for them to do those lousy gun boards. And it's like 10 o'clock. John bailed at 8. Tom bailed at 9. And I'm sitting by myself at a table thinking, gosh darn, I could be in bed right now because yep. I had to get up to do the show the next morning. And there were two guns left, two left, and they called my number, and I got up there just in time. It was exactly what I wanted, a Ruger Mini Ranch rifle in two twenty three. And you love that rifle. Which I wanted to do some yote hunting, coyote hunting. Have I shot a coyote with it? No. Nope. But it's always there in case I want to try and go and shoot a coyote. The only thing with that uh, Ruger Mini Ranch rifle, to be honest with you, Jim, the trigger pull is like... Almost six pounds. It's, it's a ranch rifle. It's meant to... Well, it's meant... The Ruger Mini Ranch Rifle was originally designed to be thrown in the back of a pickup truck. Yep. And it had, like, open sights, a peep sight that you could pull out. And, uh, you know, there there's a fox running across the field. Whack you know, a there's a, or, there's, yep. a, there's a woodchuck standing there. Whack them. Um, but I actually put a scope on it. In the earlier... Uh, the early models of the Mini Ranch... They had kind of a bad rap for not so good accuracy. This yep. one's fairly accurate. Right. Yeah, I got a Redfield scope on it, and I got it sighted in, so I got confidence that if I ever get a crack at a coyote that uh, I'm not betting on the coyote. I'm betting on I'm betting you on You would me. have to get up and go coyote hunting. Uh, that would involve yeah. sitting there with the call. Going out sitting all night. In the I've done uh, it. I know. I when you got you night, your little though. furry feather thing yeah, I got that you one put of out in the wood, a tail that, thing I got with that, a wiggle of... It's <laughs> the wiggle box, I called it. Here, get your little wiggle box. Let's go sit all night. It's a full moon. You know, I was with my friend Mike Scalander, though, last year, hunting right down the road from Carly's. And, okay. and he had a bunch of, he and I were deer hunting late season, and a siren went by, and all of a sudden this whole pack of coyotes started howling. Sure, sure. So we go out there, right? And I set up, and I try the rabbit. doesn't work. I try all these calls. He's sitting kind of in a marsh area. I'm sitting on the edge of the field. It's just gotten dark. And I hit this lone uh, coyote, you know, kind of a howl. And all of a sudden, I hear this deep, deep howl from right over by Mike. And next thing you know, all heck breaks loose with a whole pack of them. And they sounded like they were on top of us. And he said two of them went running by at about 75 yards away. 
he had a shotgun with buckshot and they were headed in my direction and they never came out. Then I went out there one time by myself. Same thing. The wily coyotes would not come out into the open. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll be back. I'm going after them. I think we got to go to break now. So coming up is our last segment. So that's, it always goes yeah, quick. Yeah, the train's almost hitting it. Choo-choo. Yeah, hang with us till we hit the station, guys. We'll be back. Welcome back to Skipper Bud's Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for listening this beautiful Saturday morning. we got a couple minutes left on the ride here. And on the line, I believe we have our Boulder Junction connection, Mr. Dennis Royce. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, guys. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. Doing good. It's, uh, Tom's not with us today, but we got uh, my buddy Jim Komar here. So uh, we've been talking a little up north, grouse hunting and stuff like that. So what's the report? The report from the Northwoods is that a week ago I went, last Sunday I went on the lake, fished in an open open water, and this Sunday I could probably go out and ice fish. That's the difference in a week's time. Well, that's that's a report we got uh, from Oneida County. Was that Joe that gave us the report? Anyway. Yeah, we had an Oneida County report. Yeah, no. we heard guys were on, on early ice and in, in getting walleyes. Yes, it's, it's thin ice. you got to be careful. And I would say in a line from Monaco to Rhinelander, you know, that area, uh, and then further north, you've got most of the big uh, small lakes frozen, freezing up or froze up, and the bigger lakes are still open. They are still fishing. The muskie action has been pretty good, but uh, uh, the walleye season is going to go come to a quick halt here pretty soon and until we get on the ice, of course. But uh, uh, some deer hunters coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, there should be snow on the ground, and... Should be in good conditions for deer hunting. So do you ever do you ever get deer hunters, Dennis, uh, doing a combo where they set a couple tip-ups for walleyes and and also sit on a stand for deer? Oh yeah, they lots of times they'll go out and hunt in the morning for deer and maybe go out in the afternoon and fish on the lakes for walleyes and and they, you probably could you could if you got an area where that you could hunt and throw some tip-ups out and sit there and look for deer and fish at the same time. I don't know why not. It would work, but. Uh, uh, it doesn't always have that conditions up here where you got that ice that strong at this time of the year, but uh, it looks like we're going to have it this year. So, what are the uh, what are the deer numbers up by you? They say the deer numbers are up. I look around and I'm driving and I'm on the roads a lot. Uh, I don't think they're as high as they as they used to be. I, I know they're not as high as they used to be, but uh, I, for some strange reason, normally this time of year I've seen a lot of bucks already. And I've seen very few, and I'm on the road a lot, and I've seen very few bucks. I know it's just maybe it's just not in the right spot at the right time, I guess. But uh, uh, one thing I do see a lot of, and it's been uh, the last couple of years, is more and more turkeys uh, uh, in the woods and on the roads. A lot of lot of the, the turkey flock is getting bigger and bigger. So, do a lot of guys target the turkeys up there? Is that big? Yeah, uh, turkeys. Well, of course, grouse hunting too, but uh, I. I don't see a lot of turkey hunters. I, I see a lot of grouse hunters, but not a lot of turkey hunters. But uh, it just seems that there's a lot of them up here right now. It's not something that you used to see once in a while. Now you see them all over. So what do you think? Uh, two weeks we is the opening of the big hunt. Do you guys figure you'll have snow? Do you have snow now, or what's up? 
We have snow now. We have snow right now. The ground is white. Uh, you guys got more snow down there than we did. I see in Madison they had so far this year almost 12 inches of snow. But uh, uh, we got a good dusting on the ground right now. If I'm looking out the window where I'm sitting, uh, it's white, and it would be excellent vision. And I, the weather forecast for this next week is supposed to stay cold, and then it looks like it's going to stay cold for the following week. So I think we're going to have good, good uh, wood conditions for deer hunting. Yeah, and that's not always the case. I can remember some some deer hunting seasons where it was like crazy. It was like 50 degrees. T-shirt weather. Yeah, I remember my uncle one time up in Douglas County comes walking out of the out of the woods and he's he takes every he's stripped down to no shirt anything he's just walking around bare chested sweating like crazy yeah. um yeah so having some snow i think would be good and then i was going to ask you how do you target the early ice walleyes uh well when we're early ice fishing obviously we're fishing in shallower water and uh if you're tip-up fishing, uh, you obviously you, you're you're setting up your tip-ups close to the bottom, and and usually it's a it's a better night bite. When I'm saying a night bite from three to three o'clock in the afternoon to six o'clock, and uh, that seems to be the best time to get out there. And generally, we're on bar uh, bars that are coming up to about oh two three feet of water. Sometimes as shallow as is a foot and a half of water. Are you, but, uh, they come in. They come in to eat, and and uh, if you can get get into a spot when they're coming up off the deeper edges, uh, you'll catch walleyes. And it's fun when you're chasing tip ups, and it's not so hard that time of year because there's not a lot of snow, and you can get around pretty easy. Are you just hanging a shiner, just like right underneath the ice, then basically in shallow? Okay. And that, that's all we're doing, or using a jigging spoon or something and putting a like a minnow head on it. But a shiner hook. Generally, we hook them in the back or towards the tail, and let them swim. And uh, uh, our Dan, quite often we're using very small minnows, uh, and uh, I, I don't know. The smaller minnows seem to work extremely well, and, and uh, uh, sometimes with a small treble hook on it, you know, a very light bait, so so they don't feel the hook when they when they go to take a bite at them. What kind of leader do you use? Are you going with fluorocarbon for the stealth, or just a real thin braid? What do you like? Thin braid. Uh, sometimes a fluorocarbon works, but. Uh, at this time of the year, you'll also have northern action, and, and you might want to put some very, very thin uh, 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 wire leaders on, you know, because otherwise you're going to lose the fish. Okay, and then in that shallow water, do you does it pay to, to once you get set up, to get off in, in a way from, from where the tip-ups are? Because I would think in that shallow with just a little bit of ice, maybe tromping around on top of it, would that possibly make the fish spookier? Yeah, good good point. That's exactly right. You set up and you stay a ways away from your tip ups and your whatever you got set up, unless you're jigging, of course. But uh, when it's shallow like that, yes, and those fish do. I, I know they sense that because you're walking across, you're making noise, banging the equipment around. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna move, and uh, the best thing to do is set them up and then move back. You know, a couple hundred feet and just sit back and get the pretzel can out and soda and and watch the flags go. Gotcha. And then go after them. You don't usually don't want to take a bunch of guys with you. A lot of times, if you got two, three guys fishing, you all want to walk over there. Well, that kind of spooks the area as well. Yeah. So it it so it pays to be a little bit on the stealthy side. And then as the season progresses, do the fish make a transition to deep weed edges and so forth? Or yeah, yeah they they do. They start moving deeper. And even at like I said, when we fish at three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon. 
the fish will go from the shallow water right at dusk at the sunset, and then they start moving out deeper. And you'll, you'll tell that because obviously your flags or your tip-up sets you got close stop working, and then now the deeper ones are starting to work. So you know they're moving back. They come in and out of – we fish a lot of uh, river edges and where there's the where the water flow is into the lakes, and uh, you've got water current, and we fish the deeper edges of those, and then we fish up, like, like I say, up shallow water, up to about two, three feet of water. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so, you said now the musky season, guys are still soaking suckers for those. Does that go, does that go yeah. through November or through December now? That's just uh, – November. November. It's yeah. November up there? Yeah, it's yeah. November yeah. up there. Highway 10's the line on that, too, I think, Dan. Yep. Okay. That's, uh, that's the end of it then, but they are getting some nice fish. I know a friend of mine just texted me a picture. He picked up a 54 the other day, and, and uh, it was a fat fish. Oh, my God. It's yeah, the season. A, yeah, that's a nice fish. So. Send, that, uh, send that to our email uh, there, Dennis. And thinking, speaking of our email, if any of our listeners sent an email, Tom knows how to get into the email so he holds the secret I password. Don't. So it's not like we're ignoring you if you sent us anything there. So I'll do that. I'll send you a bunch of photographs. All right. Sounds good, Dennis. Thanks okay, for calling. Have a nice weekend. Take care. Bye. Be good up there. All right. Take care, buddy. So yeah, that's Dennis, our Boulder Junction connection. Ice fishing time. You gotta shoot some deer. Yes. Eat a turkey. Oh, you know what I bought this week, Jim? What'd you buy, Dan? I'm glad you asked. I uh I bought a new 8-inch laser hand auger. Elect hand. Hand auger, yeah. Hand- oh. So I don't have to lug the big, you know, giant 10-inch motor out onto the lake. And, Are we going to uh, hook a drill up to that this week? Uh, well, no, I'm just going to use my own bicep power and uh, and use that. But I was smart. You know what I did? I got a piggy bank, right? Sure. I dumped it out and got $72.17. About the price of a and laser I, hand yep, auger. Yep, and I got that new auger. Uh-huh. Pays to go. save your change, guys. So Every penny right. counts. That's all I got. It was good to be back in the studio, Dan. Yep. Instead of in a tree. everybody got to stay safe out there tonight. Yep. To all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to Skibber Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. We'll talk to you all next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.